0: This is One Heat Minute.
1: Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. These look like gang bangers, working the local 7-Eleven Robbery, homicides, take it. Give me all you got! This and Give me, you me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. i trying to stop guys
0: like me A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA Crime Opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and joining me for the 110th minute of One heat Minute, is another person that's recommended by one of our crew. Lisa Maloof, thank you so much. Um, firstly, um, a great uh, TV script consultant in Oz and a film writer herself, um, has recommended the following guests. This person, this is the first ex-pro hockey player we've had on the podcast, the, the first self-proclaimed defector from a country um, to uh, Canada and the United States from Czechoslovakia, and also an editor of 11... Feature films, as well as an editorial consultant on some big ones, Gone Girl and Deadpool, which are masterfully edited movies, and a Heat fan. A Heat fan, such a Heat fan that he took time out of his day, which he does for many films. So, if you, if you, I'm going to tell you what his Twitter handle is in just a second when I finish his introduction so that you can make sure you stay and follow along. But he unpacked the entire heist scene and counted two hundred and thirty-nine shots in the heist that we are talking about right now. And in this very minute, the great Vashi Nedomansky and I are gonna talk about thirty one or thirty two edits that happen in this more than one every couple of seconds. Vashi, welcome so much welcome to one heat minute. Thank you so much for being a part of the show.
1: Dude, Blake, thank you so much for inviting me and reaching out, and um, it's my sincere pleasure, and thank you for the beautiful intro. It sounds, that sounds very impressive. That's crazy. <laughs> all, those, all those things that you're talking about, but um, um, yes, thank you for having me. Like This movie, for me, is we were just talking about like the, the passion that people have for this movie, where you, you don't even expect it, but this movie is so deep, on so many layers and levels, that you can appreciate it from so many different angles, and It's been wonderful listening. I've been listening for like the last month, just binging your show (laughs) and and jamming them in in the car whenever I can during the commutes. And it's so awesome to not only hear other passionate people, but learn things that I didn't know at that point and then also be triggered by things I'm like, oh, I thought that was exactly what I thought. You know, so much similarities in, in thought process when you're analyzing a Michael Mann film. So it's going it to be a real treat. And this minute is absolute insanity. Chaos. So I'm really proud, proud to share, share this minute with you.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And look, the, there's no person that's learned more about heat than me.
1: <laughs> Being like on this show
0: is because the amazing guests who apply their you know the incredible lenses, whether it's you know actual technical expertise like yourself who's actually in the you know in the trenches and and doing this stuff and making these choices, or whether it's film critics or whether it's you know friends who've had just the, these perspectives. But this minute. You know we're right in the heist. We are we, we are in the centerpiece of this movie. Um, we, we you know if this minute was called anything, it's called the Val Kilmer reloads minute, and it's an absolute pleasure, Vashi, to be sharing it with oh. you. So guys, we are gonna we're gonna listen and watch along now together. You guys are just gonna hear absolute and utter chaos in your headphones while you listen to this because you're not gonna be seeing it. You're gonna be desperate yeah. to go and watch it. But it is the hundred and tenth minute of Michael Mann's 1995 Crime Opus Heat. 60 minutes to go. 60 minutes to go in this podcast uh, to, to, to be going through. But here we are. We're going to watch it together. You guys are going to listen along, and then Vashy and I are going to come back and talk about it. That is an insane piece of cinema.
1: That is a a very intense minute. That is absolute war zone. That's not even possible. Like I, I've gone down there. I've visited this location so many times when I go downtown and you walk the grounds and it's hard to even fathom that they were able to pull that off. I know from what I did know, like they shot it over three weekends taking, you know, a day or two here and there going back when it was not business hours per se or on the weekends. But, uh, um, just even walking it, it's it's a it's like hallowed grounds to know what they did there and how they accomplished it and the results. That that's the craziest minute of the film for me.
0: That is it, it, it is it is it is crazy. And I think there's apart from the big centerpiece in it in this 31 edits is, it what strikes me is that it does such a great job of action storytelling with each beat. Like there's a great cool. moment where Vincent takes cover and then you see, the, then it cuts to Val's um, Chris taking the shot. Then you see the cut to the where his shots land. It's just, there's just such beautiful sort of uh, choreography it's of every ballet. moment. No, it's a
1: ballet, it's a dance. And to see them interacting as their unit, as their group, they're covering each other. They're always facing the right way in terms of where they should be they're protecting each other. They look so professional and so scary. Just yes. their emotions, their their body mechanics. When Val's running in between the buildings, it's a wide shot from the side that's tracking left to right with him. He's he's hunched over with the bag on his back, his gun low. If that guy's running at me, like I don't care if I'm a cop or whatever, that's scary. Oh. it's really menacing. And you know
0: a lot of people talk about the Val Kilmer reload, but just now again when I'm watching with you, Vashi. De Niro's doing the same effortless reloads on his knees down yeah. and, and in another car. It's just not as flashy because Val gets that beautiful track in the centerpiece moment. Yeah. he's down yeah. on his knees and he reloads and he's popped up again. Like the, as a as a little trio, they are extremely scary, especially how quickly they're moving from from yeah. cover point to cover point and and then being able to flip on a dime, 180 degrees behind them, bang 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 bang, taking those shots. It's just it's just lunacy
1: no it is and when you compare their motion to the cops like i know it's not done on purpose but they're almost like caricatures they're like pop up and they go oh they fall over they get shot you know they don't look like they're taking cover they no. have like you know smaller armed fire. They have like handguns and a shotgun, but the a shotgun a hundred yards away. You know it's uh, not going to do anything.
0: I'm wearing a short sleeve <laughs> shirt today in Oz because yeah. it's about thirty degrees as we as nice. record. And nice. but all these cops in their poor little short sleeve shirts, yeah. and yeah. they're just yeah. like beow, 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 and you're like, oh my god, that armor that armor is just ch- like those bullets are just chewing through cop cars they're just chewing yeah. through them and this flesh that's just exposed you're like it just gives you chills because you're like oh god these guys are in big 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 trucks.
1: no because because they're like tanks the, the the their group is like a bunch of tanks going down the street <laughs> they're they're well armored they're covered they're using the cover they have huge armament and just to see that it was insane um one thing as an editor which i wanted to mention was during this this one minute especially I noticed that there was the shooting style that he employed that Michael Mann used and the editors, the four editors used was there's there's a wide lens that's either following or trailing the, the three guys going down the main street, you know, yes. Kilmer and everyone. And then the cops are always shot with a long lens. So it's very static and they're very compressed. Uh, but the wide lens, especially up close, even with Vince and Hannah, when they're running, it's either right over their shoulder or right in their face. So it's really, really close. They have some deep focus. And what's really cool about that is anything moving in the background is going to be you'll see a lot more. Right. You can see all the buildings. And if you're going to be downtown in Los Angeles, you want to see all those buildings and they're flying by and they're going up like spires into the sky. So it's a very kinetic shot to have the uh, face right in front. But the background's always changing, which you can't get with a super long lens. You yes. you'd pluck them out. So they're either in front or bes- or right behind the characters that are running through the streets, or they have a parallel like a tracking shot on the side that's also a wide lens, and you can see all three guys stacked yes. like in depth. And that's when the times you can see how they're protecting each other, how they're moving, how they're calling out. Like this isn't like no dialogue. I think it's just move. Like I think it's go. Once or twice There's, a go. Yeah. There's a few a goes. There's a few goes. Go buried, buried, and then they react. And they move. And so they're moving as a unit and you can see it. And I know you've brought this up before, but I think it's critical, especially as an editor and as a film viewer is to, to know the geography of where they are, yes. to see them making progress and understand where they are. And And you could see where the threats are. You could see how far they've gotten from Vincent and everyone chasing them from behind. You could <laughs> see the cars coming up, the cops blocking it off. So you have a sense the whole time and you're never lost. You're never confused, even though there's this traumatic audio assault going on and a visual assault and the, be- I mean, be- the I did- best I-
0: gunfight oh. audio in history it's yeah it's it there's nothing compares to it and i've you know i've got my my lovely headphones on and you get some noise cancelling headphones and you watch this in high definition the oh. sound there's nothing like it in the world in the, in this scene it, and it's and it truly makes gunfire scary it truly oh. makes it terrifying
1: oh yeah that um there were four editors on this and I know that I, I really enjoyed your last, um, in memorial episode with Baba. That, yeah. And that was beautiful. His, the way he spoke of the experience and, and what he shared was really moving and, and special. I know it affected you and I, it affected me listening too. So I thank you for sharing that one. Um, I, I actually know, uh, William Goldenberg for a long time. He was one of the other four editors on this. Yes. And I played played hockey with him for 20 years. He's also another <laughs> hockey playing editor in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. And I asked him like 10 years ago, I'm like, when you guys cut that, like how did you like swap out and get that insane audio? And he was the first one that told me he's like, that's all production audio. That's all full loads in all the guns. And he says, that's just the reverberation off the concrete and steel and the cars in downtown with full loads that's he goes there's no other way to do that you can't from you scratch can't. no no
0: that would take so six, I, that i mean speaking in a practical sense how long would that take
1: well I've, I've had to do lots of you know movies with gunfire and stuff like that but when you have literally what six or seven people firing automatic weapons all at once <laughs> plus all the other weapons oh. the handguns and shotguns And distance and and every shot has to be placed sonically in a a stereo spectrum where it would live in reality. I I can't even imagine this six minute sequence would probably take a month or two, honestly, to do it, to do it, to do it.
0: And and yeah, to do it, to do it right. And also they're cutting on film at this time. Yeah. So no, no.
1: This one they cut on uh, edit works or Editworks. oh, no, sorry. Yeah, it was they, with the with they, the Sony they,
0: tapes. But yeah, so still yes, shooting.
1: But still, and they
0: true. had the and they had the both crews working on it. Um, but oh, it's it's just crazy that entire sequence. Thank you. F- sorry for what you said about um Pat Boober Firstly, so that yeah, was um, of course. Th- of thank course you for that. Still, uh, mm-hmm. still pretty, uh, still pretty tender uh, uh, on that yeah. one. Uh, to be honest with you, but I can um, I can imagine. There's mm. a shot. And it's in the previous minute where um, it's. Uh, I got a funny tweet, and because we're going to go pretty much live with this, um, uh, someone tweeted at me. Said, um, you know, did it me? We shouldn't. We shouldn't glorify gun violence. And then also me. And then they just posted that picture that I posted of Al Pacino like firing, and the beautiful shot as you talked about that wide angle that's facing yeah. front on, that's capturing all the spires and things happening behind him. But you get that like the star. Of the explosion out of the out of the muzzle, the
1: muzzle flash, the, the muzzle, muzzle flash. flash. Yeah, on my on my image that I created, I chose every frame where there was a muzzle flash. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. There's 239 shots, and conservatively, I see like 50 muzzle flashes. <laughs> and again, I'm not glorifying weapons. Like I, when I enter a movie, I enter a different world. I I I hold all my uh, suspend all disbelief, and and I go for the experience of of the communal experience and everything else. But it's just, I'm scared watching this. I'm oh. terrified. Like I can't even imagine. And I don't know if you've been on a movie set when they're shooting like live, not live rounds, cause I've I've done that on films, but even like full loads, it is so deafening, so loud and scary that it's ridiculous. I was actually, um, a couple years ago, I was shooting a documentary and we were following two Navy SEALs around that came back and they were, they had PTSD and they were reintegrating into society. We went to a gun range, and I was one of the camera operators, and the guns, they were firing M-16s and AR-15s, and one of the bullets I was filming hit a metal target, and ricocheted, and hit me in the chest. And it was a fragment of the bullet, and I was filming, and it just went zip. And I was actually, the camera recorded the sound of the fragment going zip, and it hit me in the chest, and I went, oh! And so it, it was embedded, and I was bleeding. And then the other cameraman was Dana Gonzalez, who is uh, an amazing cinematographer that's done Fargo and Legion and everything else. He also got shot in his knuckles with fragments. So what what were you doing? We were on the gun range and they said, stay away from the 90 degree axis. And we got close enough to the 90 degree where the shot can be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. where, Where they ricocheted 90 degrees to the side and they hit us. After that, I like ran to the shed and like hid in the shed and shot from there out the window because I was terrified. I'm like I got a bullet, and they had to pull it out and it was bleeding everywhere, but um, and that was real live fire and that was so scary and loud. But this scenario here in heat with that many guns, that many people, that much reverberation, and that sound is contained between those buildings and in those you know hall alleys and hallways and nooks and crannies. That's the That's why it sounds so massive and you could not recreate that, back to that original point. No. It it, had to be production audio. It's so funny.
0: It's so funny that you said it's because the only thing that I've got in my life that I can even imagine it for, and this is why I appreciate it so much. Is I went to I went to Thailand on a holiday, and I went to a gun range. And so, mm. different to Australia and America, there's no like you go to Australia, you've got to have checks. There's very yeah. rare gun ranges. We don't have automatic weapons, so you know it'd right. be a rifle gun range, etc. In America, you need like you know drivers' licenses and people you know sign forms and waivers and all this. Thing. Thailand. What do you want to fire? <laughs> they just have guns laid out on a table. AK forty seven. I've watched True Lies a few times. I wouldn't mind to hold one of those. Um and you know, pump action shotguns. So my cousin and I went into this gun range and we're like, you just got goggles on. There's, that's it. Goggles and headphones. Oh the um yeah. the the earmuffs. And yeah, I remember just firing this thing for the first time and I was staggered by the sound. Mm. Like I was just yeah. completely blown away. And I was like, this doesn't it doesn't sound like movies have sounded, and I can't imagine. Yep. And even earlier in this minute, the thing that blows my mind is like can't even imagine what it would be like for a real life soldier or a real life um, uh, or a real life police officer or even these guys uh, firing from in a car. Oh, yeah, no. I, I can't. How it's... unbelievably deafening would it be to be in a car with one of these guns going off? I know,
1: I know. It's they really, really do it justice in this in this entire sequence, and and this whole thing about the 239 shots in the entire six minutes is that that first gunshot when Val Kilmer pulls his gun up, he shoots first. Like it goes from silence to absolute mayhem for six minutes, you know. And then yes. there's the shot at the end, which you'll get to, and then it's silence again. And that silence at the end is so rewarding. It, it feels like you've been through this entire adventure. This you've been along with them the whole time, and you're just exhausted. It's an exhausting
0: six minutes. Yes, exhausting. I, I'm even um, I'm even calling it exhausting from the bank heist because the subtlety oh. of the the score change um, when they when when De Niro walks in and you've got like an elevated heart rate, then you've got like yep. cardiac arrest for six minutes, and then you just sit there and like, oh my god, I can't believe that's over. And then the fallout is like this frantic and desperate dramatic thing, but it's not the same doesn't have the same visceral quality as what we're talking about right in the thick of this at the moment.
1: No, totally. And and I think that speaks to the entire film obviously, the craftsmanship and the, the actual craft work from every department oh. to create this 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 masterpiece is insane. There's nothing thrown away, there's no extra shots, there's nothing that's done half ass. Everything is like perfection. And I I cut um I edited David Zucker the the you know editor sorry the director of Airplane. I edited his last feature film and I got to be in facility where michael mann had his office de niro had an office and so they'd be walking around all the time well i'm cutting a comedy right <laughs> and i'm like and i want to just go over and be like let's talk heat and you know this and that and, and you know i didn't want to bother them it's not that kind of place you know you could wave or nod but i, I didn't want to pull their ear at that point i'm
0: sorry but, david um, i've just got to spend three hours talking yeah. <laughs> to michael mann about heat so if you could just yeah, pause so I'll on be me back. finishing this movie for for oh. a
1: minute Oh, no. But the funniest thing is I talked to, the, you know, I know the editors that work with Michael Mann on several films and, and to the level of perfectionist that he is and how demanding David Zucker with the comedy is exactly the same. Yes. It's literally 16 hour days. You just go over and over and over everything. And if a film is six reels long, you know, six separate reels, as soon as we're done with reel six, we go back to one and just start watching. And we're just trying to improve, improve one frame off here. This joke isn't working. Why isn't this working? Let's tweak, tweak, tweak. So... It's it's to that extent. And and Billy Goldenberg told me that at the end of heat, they were working, you know, 16 hours a day, six days a week. And, you know, didn't see his family didn't see anything. He could just barely sleep for six hours and shower and go back just to get it done. And that's four editors working at that point four really trying. accomplished editors. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't. There's no lightweights. There's no like. Oh, let's Just bring someone <laughs> to do it's some work. It's you know, no. Billy Goldberg,
0: Billy oh. Goldberg, Pat Buber, um, Dove Honig, and I think it's. Yeah. Is it Tom Wolf? Have I got the fourth? You know. Yes. Like, yeah, and correct. And so there's the four. There's the quartet. And go. Yes. G- go have a bit of fun and write. Write their names into IMDb and just go down the rabbit hole because it's look at the
1: accolades. Look at the you know, amazing <laughs> films the four of those guys have cut, and they're all. And Michael Mann just goes room to room. No, no, <laughs> this, this, next room, next room. It just, it just circulates, circulates, you know? Yes. It's, it's crazy, but that's a testament. I mean, this, the film speaks for itself and, and you could take exactly what you're doing. You take one minute, any minute, and you can see the craftsmanship. You could see the the absolute dedication and passion in every frame of every minute. It's, and that's there's not too many films like that, you know, to this extent that are so deep and no, so layered.
0: No, I think, and that's what's, it's almost, like, scary to find it, to be honest, yeah. it's like the, as, we, as we're going through this, um, it's, uh, there, there hasn't been a minute that hasn't struck me for just craft, for, like, formal right. craft, f- yes. firstly, and then, and then what that formal craft is doing. And, you know, one of the insights, I was, you know, obviously insanely lucky to talk to Dante Spinotti, but he, he sort of revealed... I
1: that. I loved it, yeah.
0: What, he talked about Michael having an emotional map that went alongside with whatever he was shooting. So, you know, right. and and that for me was such a, like a revelation in a way to watch his films is because he's very hyper aware that in all the craft and in all the perfection that there's a key emotional journey that he wants to take people on. And so even in this scene, just everything about it, the stakes are reinforced and, you know, bullets just missing our favorite characters on both sides right. of cops and right. crews and, and, and being so sure to, to make sure that we see what peril they're in as well as the professional, you know, just the, you know, the absolute insane balletic assault of just waylaying all these cops who they've got the tactical advantage over. Um, I right. think it's all those things of such emotional beats. Boom, 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 boom. Like these guys can't be stopped. They're robotic. These, these cops are
1: in peril. And that's so important to, to notice because, uh, again, as an editor, I'm not just cutting action to be like, oh, that's cool. This is great. I'm sur- I'm looking for eye lines. I'm going for sight lines. I'm going for angles. Yes. You know, they're moving left to right. The, the you know, De Niro and Val and Sizemore are all moving left to right. The cops are positioned at one end or the other. And so you know where they are again. But, yeah, where are your allegiances? Do you want – you don't want De Niro to get shot. You don't want Val to get Never. shot. But – all, right, but you know, and then I think you just comments, nailed something you're, you're,
0: that Michael Mann has uh, talked about. Whenever, uh, and this is what I think the the like it's like the gospel of heat. Whenever Val Kilmer, whenever a bad guy Val Kilmer N- of course, De Niro, more, Whenever any one of them's on screen, you're with them. Yeah, whenever yeah. any of Vincent's guys are on screen, you're with them. You're with and, them, and, right? And, but... and the diff- and the wrestle of our our emotional wrestle or our moral wrestle is like we don't want any of these guys to get hit. But we know some something's going to go down. Like we know eventually, that the consequences yeah, yeah. are the consequences are coming.
1: Someone's going to have to pay the price. Yes, you know? absolutely. And eventually, <laughs> and you know what? To, to every extent, every character pays a price of a sort. If it's not their life, then something else that is either taken away or ruined forever. So there's <laughs> there's no winner per se at the no. end of heat. No, you know.
0: And in this, in this minute though, if we're talking about the emotional flow, we're all, we're pretty much except for that, like a couple of frames of Vincent, um, this is, this is with the crew, like the tactical advantage, the assault, like their, their proficiency, like in the, in the, in the closing stages of the last minute we had, it looked like, you know, the, the cops are going to have the upper hand ever so briefly. But as soon as these guys get out of the car and pretty much we're, we're watching that unfold in this minute, it is all bets are off.
1: Well, when, when Val, when we're right on Val's shoulder and he just is spraying left and right, he's not trying to, in my view, he's not trying to hit a cop. He's just trying to lay down so much firepower, so much bullets that there's so much chaos that everyone's just going to duck downstream, you know, he's, and everyone's doing that. They're just laying down fire. And so they can just advance a little bit, a little bit. It's the, but how cool they look apparently not cool as in like, Oh, this is cool scene. How calm they appear during this is, again, that's scary to me. It, it's so menacing. There's no, you know, everything is planned out and it looks, looks like they've done this 10 times, 20 times before, and I, it's, I rem- not, it's not normal.
0: <laughs> I remember it's last scary. year, there was a great like couple of tweets that went around of um, Keanu and John Wick 2 firing at a gun range and, like, with a yeah. shotgun and people like, wow, Keanu. And I just want to ask everyone, go back and just type in Robert De Niro gun range heat. It's on one of the DVD special features, and 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 man actually talks about it in several interviews. He's like, "Oh yeah, Bobby and Val like that. Like Bobby's walking around with a handgun, firing at targets forty yards away and knocking them down with a single shot. Yep. <laughs> like, I saw that's it. like that's like tell that's tell me that's that's no, even, no. Yeah. like who, who needs to learn? Like I mean, and this is why we're still talking about it. Who needs to do that in this scene for for the way that they're stalking through and looking? As dangerous as as you said earlier, a tank rolling through the streets yeah, um, yeah. that it's important for them to have structured it in this way
1: absolutely, and tell me this with Val Kilmer when he reloads, he, he empties his clip, he, he looks both ways and, and empties it who were I remember, but i don't remember exactly who they, they were using that as either training or as an example of if you can do it this fast, then if you can't do it this fast, then you're no good. Do you remember the exact was it was, a, it was a
0: marine. it was a marine core trainer that said if this actor can change a magazine this quickly and you can't you don't belong in my core (laughs) wow it's
1: It's an impressive it's so impressive because he unloads and he even keeps his rifle up in the air as he passes over the camera like it looks i don't know if he's avoiding the camera or if that's what his training has taught him because again i don't know about guns i just know what looks right or whatever it just looks impressive yeah it goes straight up in the air comes down and he's clearing the the street i'm like yeah it's
0: i've got a friend i've got got a friend who's (laughs) a former australian army medic and i remember Mm -hmm. asking him at the time because we'd known each other since we were young kids and i remember after i saw him come back from a deployment i was like you know as a movie obsessive does i'm like so so now that you've like seen what real combat is like what what are the movies that actually feel real to you like what? And at the time, I was focusing on war movies. I was doing a bit of study on some war movies, and I was like, "Would well, you tell me what what movies?" And he said, "Oh, it's heat." And I was really? like, "Really?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "That the the their tactics, the way they approach their weapons." And he, I don't think he specifically referenced Kilmer, but he just talked about the the way that these guys tactically move through. You know, you know obviously, a lot of modern warfare in especially in the middle east is in is in townships and locales mm-hmm. in middle eastern countries and things like that so he's like if there's ever any fire it's like you're going through a street and you're going around yeah. the corner of a building and you're firing at mm-hmm. for cover uh, 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 with with hostile forces perhaps behind surrounding you so you've got to find wherever the tactical advantages and he goes heat always feels like the most authentic thing because of the sound and because of the tactics, it feels like a more authentic." Even just as a, like a microcosm of war movies, because people there's not a lot of war movies that show that same level of proficiency. Like it's, or you know, maybe modern, mod at the time, maybe a more modern approach to warfare where it's like tactics, buildings, cityscapes, you know. Yeah. Instead of no, instead of charging down a field or whatnot.
1: Right, and and once again, like you don't. I don't. I can't think of another film off the top of my head where you're rolling down the downtown Los Angeles in the middle of a business day, you know, and doing this much damage and everyone in LA, you know, there's like 85 locations in LA and, and and we all know, we always drive by places in LA when I've lived here for 25 years, I'll drive by a place. I'm like, Oh my God, from heat. Like you just (laughs) randomly see that. But when you go down that street in Los Angeles and it's just mind boggling to think of them staging that there and, and three How weekends, I don't amazing, know about you, but amazing. that
0: seems like a short amount of time. Three weekends to get all yeah, those shots, especially when you yeah. say 239 shots.
1: Yep. Oh, no, it's... I mean, you have to have that planned out, and I'm sure there were storyboards. I'd love to see if there were storyboards for this entire sequence, You know, to what extent those exist or, or don't. There's. This is not something in, that in, you can just half-ass. You don't just go out and say, let's see what we can get. In you're, the, you're planning. You're
0: in planning. the Michael Mann book by Tashen um uh, that's uh, got a that's edited but it's got a num- number of contributors they have um in in the heat section of that book they've got a couple of photographs and okay. man is obviously a, a, a very accomplished photographer himself but i i think there's actually a version of it that is all photographs with Pacino. so like there's okay. a few they walk
1: through it they, they walk, walk through, through it. so
0: there's like three or four so. photographs but i think there's actually photographs maybe of all the characters of like them photograph staging how that would make their way down the street. So I would imagine sure. that somewhere in some storage box or at least years ago, there may have been like a, an entire wall that was just a collage, much like the collage that you've put together, but there's in a more like tactile way of like every sure. single one of those photographs. It's of all how they want it.
1: Like you said, it's, it's all beats. It's all story points as they progress down the street. And even though it's one minute, 60 seconds. There's 31 shots. We're looking at literally less than two seconds per shot on camera, <laughs> but you're never lost. You're never confused. No. You're terrified. You're worried for everyone and you're assaulted like physically, auditorily. It's just an insane sequence and it does go by so fast, but it, there's so much going on. But I, I just like the, the whole con- the components of like the, the filmmaking pieces that that are used to create something this impressive and this impactful, because the fact that we've been talking for, I don't know, half an hour about a fucking one minute, (laughs) a guy just running around (laughs) shooting guns and and we're both impressed to that, to that level. It's just, it's crazy. It really is crazy.
0: And also the balls to do it without any music.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like there's some strains at the very end of this minute where you hear something maybe barely, but not even,
0: and it's, it's, there's very little, the music, the music starts to flare up when the guys are, um, when the crew is actually oh, split. So when that crew, you're right, you're when right. that crew splits you're up right. and so um, you know Michael Trudeau gets isolated and goes away and then Val gets hit and things like that, the music starts to flare up there because there's less gunfire. But you're right.
1: That, not in this minute. There is nothing in this no, minute. But even it, it,
0: from gunfire. the moment that Val starts shooting, exactly like you said, from that moment, that first flash from the, from the muzzle, um, yep. no music.
1: And no, you just four think four and a half minutes, five minutes, no music.
0: Yep, no music. Right. In no, in no. the centerpiece of the movie, they're like, okay, you know, imagine working with a, you know, imagine working with the composer. So what are we going to do for this big action sequence? Nothing.
1: <laughs> and they and they're like, like, no, no, I have this all planned out. I've got it they're all planned like, no, out. No, I've got no, this, and no. no,
0: no, no, there's not going to be a lick of music.
1: And how can you compare? How do you even? <laughs> But then to use that production audio of everything like that wasn't planned. They tried to recreate it. They tried to throw that all out and start from scratch. Yes. And all the editors were like, this sounds like shit. This sounds nothing like the dailies and the temp audio we have. What can can we do? And we have to use this and just sweeten it and mix it properly. And now the whole thing is. Um, you know, you're getting into five one seven one Atmos. Everything else, there's so many more layers of audio that are available. <laughs> yes. That's. I'd like to hear again in a theater. Like I have a nice home theater, but I'd love to see it in in a large proper theater with like the most insane audio.
0: The, in in a theater, yeah. I got I was lucky. It was my actually my first time ever seeing it in a theater in earlier this uh, actually early last year in Oz, and I saw it, and um, it is it was a pretty new theaterette, and it was absolutely deafening this scene is just deafening. It was like the whole movie has a really incredible atmosphere in a dark room where there's not a single second screen distraction. Like it's so the atmosphere completely changes. Um, But oh man. Yeah. I would love to hear this. I want to see this movie and like just even on an IMAX screen, it doesn't need to be suited up for IMAX, just an IMAX just because they usually have those insane speaker systems as well. And just crank it up 4k blow your socks off in a theater.
1: Is there, is the 4k out yet or is it, coming out or what's the story with that do we know anything about that yes yeah, so the the, side note? the 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 directors
0: the new director's definitive edition apparently is 4k. So like if you go into iTunes us, you can buy the 4k edition um, for heat and in Oz on iTunes, it's available, but it, you've just got the, the D the, the Blu-ray disc, the Blu-ray. in both. but uh, gotcha. I don't know how widespread the print is. Cause I got to see the 4k print, which is beautiful. It was really, that's what uh, I
1: like. That's uh, yeah. what I want to see uh, it properly. Like in the best, best room possible.
0: Yeah. So. In, the, in the, in the best mm. place possible, it's, it's around. And I think, Look, we're now in 2019 as we record this. Next yes. year, um, is 2020, which is the 25th anniversary of Heat. So I would imagine that just like there was like 20th anniversary, there might be 25th anniversary ah. stuff. So then there could be more stuff that will come where, up around. Where there.
1: has the time gone? <laughs> and know. how does this how does it hold up? Like we're talking. Every scene for me, like I can't wait to go listen to more of your episodes, only to, to fill in the blanks and learn some more shit. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's you no, know, it's been amazing. My first summer in Los Angeles, I moved there in 1993, yes. so I was there probably right as they were doing pre-production to start and. It was a different time. You could at least drive around there. Now you can't drive anywhere. So (laughs) I always laugh at at, at chase scenes in movies now where you're in L.A. and there's a high-speed chase. I'm like, that's impossible. You can't go anywhere (laughs) and drive like that. Come on. And it's it's like, that's Atlanta.
0: That's Atlanta now. And in those days, they they could do it. The, The one that still staggers me, and you would know this being from L.A. as well, it's like I can't even fathom how they go anywhere
1: near an airport. No. The entire last 15 minutes, like everything from running across the runways where planes are actively taxiing and and taking off and everything at the end of the runway that, and I used to live in El Segundo and Manhattan beach, which is right there. So I would drive by these locations. I know exactly where those red and white boxes are that, you know, Pacino and De Niro were hiding behind. And I know that strip of runway, like I've driven by it every day for years. So (laughs) it's even more, and now they can't, you can't stop or pull over there. Usually you could pull over because it's at the end of the runway. Even on the other side of the runway that goes out over the ocean, there were streets that went over the hills to the edge of the runway from the beach. They closed all of that down after uh, 9-11. Yes. And you're, you weren't allowed to drive anywhere at the end of the runways on on either side. And so, yeah, good luck. You can't shoot there anymore, unfortunately.
0: No. No. Nor do we want them to shoot there anymore. No. Let's save no. it for this movie let yes. it's been done. It's been done better it's been done better in this movie than I think we could have ever hoped for. Ladies and gentlemen, Correct. this has been an amazing minute talking to Vashi Nedomansky. He's an editor. Um, in case you missed the beginning of the show, or you haven't read it, it's just popped into your cans. He edited Sharknado two. Okay. The the best, as, Sharknado. the best of all the shark <laughs> I mean, but just editing digital sharks flying through the air, you deserve some kind of award. Seriously. This has been I, so I much fun, Vashi. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Keep following along and please the invitation is open. There are sixty odd minutes left. If there's another minute in your uh, in your mind that you would love to come back, I'm gonna just call it out and say, You're welcome to come back anytime. We'd love to have uh, you back. I,
1: I- I, I so appreciate being on this. I've learned even more today. And to be able to open up <laughs> our brains and, and talk about the craft and the and the art and the passion of heat has been a treat. And I, I have an idea for when I can come back. I'll, I'll tell you about it later. It might have to do with the house on stilts
0: oh, fantastic! That
1: I, that, I, that I actually shot in. I to <laughs> okay. film there.
0: Well, well, we can't wait to hear about that. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this has been One Heat Minute. I'm Blake Howard. If you want to follow Vashi um, on Twitter, the best place to find him is... At Vashiku, Vashikoo, V A S H I K O O. You can find all his stuff. His website is Vashivisuals, Visuals, um, which is Vashi, his first name in visuals.com. Um, but you can link through that on the Twitter. I'll put it up in the post when this goes up uh, live on One Heat Minute. Um, but uh, you can find him there and find us talking, likely on Twitter, um, for the for the rest of time. Um, <laughs> yes. I, absolutely. I've been Blake Howard, um, at Blake is Batman on Twitter, always OneHeatMinute.com. And please keep sending through your correspondence. There's been some great folks who sent some. Stuff through and when we get a bunch of it together I like to read it out on the show so um, keep sending it through and we'll we'll save it for another upcoming episode but uh, we'll catch you on another episode of One Heat Minute just around the corner and remember stay in cover because Val Kilmer is a motherfucker with that rifle (laughs)